Welcome to episode 53 of, of Life on Purpose. One of these days, I'm going to hit the record button and uh, get to put the the before the show uh, things on the air, uh, at least use it for bloopers one day. There we go. But, yes. uh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, before we get started, guys, you know, we, we designed this program for those between 19 and uh, about 35, you know, in that area. And we, we let pretty much everybody listen in, but... I uh, I got wind of a guy that's a, a lot closer to my age than yours. Um, he is from northern Alabama as opposed to L.A., lower Alabama, lower and Alabama. is mm -hmm. most famous for being Sarah Sharp's father. So, Mr. Nash, oh. welcome to the program. Mm -hmm. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. So, welcome guys. Welcome guys uh, yakking. Huh? <laughs> four guys yakking. Four guys yakking. Four guys yakking. Right. That's yep. right. And, um, you know, once in a while they, they go to their corners. <laughs> that was One before day the, the truth will come show out. show yeah. didn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. Hey, I got, I got something for you tonight as we, um, we get started, let's go back to the garden. And of course, Ryan could give us song lyrics for that if we ask him to pretty fast, yeah. but, um, let's, let's consider that Adam and Eve, Adam and Hava are there in the garden and they're enjoying the, um, the cool evening breeze and, and, uh, spending that time with their creator and, um, everything just goes well for, for a time until one day they decide they're going to eat of a tree, the wrong tree. Do you know that if that event would not have happened, that we would never have a scripture? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Think mm -hmm. about that. There would be no purpose for the scripture if it were not for the fall. That's right. So would it be, uh, since it was the perversion of the scripture or telling Adam and Eve that, uh, you know, part of the scripture was not relevant to them, uh, would, if that worked in the garden, don't you think that Satan would continue to use that same thing? And maybe we've seen some of that today. Hmm. Indeed. I, I think we could see uh, scripturally how the enemy has, he knows scripture better than most believers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uses it to great advantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people forget that. You have to be careful how you use scripture or how you interpret it or what mm -hmm. context you take it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So our, our question that we began last, or we actually ended last week is um, what, how, how did, how do we actually word that? Let me get back to my notes. Uh, I've got too many different notes <laughs> on, on things. Is the Torah, the first five books, what would be considered and, I think wrongly translated by many, the law of Moses, is mm -hmm. the Torah written to us, given to us, so that we may be accepted by our creator? Or is it given to us so that we can live a life that is pleasing to him, that is according to his instructions, that would be a life that would be um, according to, to his will and his ways? How, how do mm -hmm. we how do we rectify this thing that's been taught for you know seventeen hundred plus years that the Torah has been done away with? Mm. I always liked how uh, for a long time I did I did not know about how the Torah was a was to be a part of our lives because it was again wrongly interpreted the law of Moses and that if you can't figure out why that like why is that being into, like. It says law of Moses, I'm not law of God. <laughs> this was, mm -hmm, he yeah. gave these instructions and everyone likes to think it's Moses. All right, so we got that cleared up. When that finally cleared, that that little part cleared in my brain, it then became, oh, so this is kind of like, I always thought the Ten Commandments were the law of the land and you see it everywhere, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. Then you realize, wait, 
this is actually like the constitution of our country to put it in some yeah. sort of symbology or to mm -hmm. metaphorically see that right to go okay we live in a land there's rules there's instructions and then when you're in the job that we work in in architecture and i know in construction there's also laws that are governed by this country you have to do things by a certain standard and if you don't live up to that standard you can get away with it maybe for a time but sooner or later it's going to catch up with you mm. and then there's consequences that follow so draw that out if you think about it every single aspect in in the american this american country that there's these laws that govern certain things whether it's how you do or how you pay or then y'all everyone has to give honor to the uh, three-letter agency of the irs um <laughs> we have to, there's laws that dictate that and as soon as you mess that up then they have legal rights to do things so then you go okay if you look at the torah we got some things there too don't you wish the irs only wanted to tithe <laughs> yeah, for real. oh man yeah, but, yes um, yeah, that'd be I think cool. one of the first things I go back to is something you talk about a lot, Dad, is that, and, and in fact, we opened our show with this when the show became a thing, um, that if you do not know the purpose of a thing, you are destined to abuse it. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think that's kind of the first question to ask is what is the purpose of the Torah? Um, and I, I think, mm. I think you have to, you have to acknowledge that the purpose of the Torah, though the Torah has not changed, the purpose of the Torah has, let's just say, evolved through time, meaning it is slightly different to us than it was to people before Yeshua. And what I mean by that is this. The Torah, I'll go specifically to the sacrifices of, you know, there's just endless verses and chapters and all that kind of stuff about like the the exact instructions about the sacrifices and sin offerings and uh thank thankful offerings and that, all that kind of stuff and so what these were was you know we see this concept from the beginning of scripture that sin must be paid with blood and the torah expounds a lot on that as far as the proper way to do that it's not like you can just go out into the woods pick up a random animal and kill it and be good to go yeah. there's procedures and there's ways like god is saying i am so holy you can't even fathom me if you want to approach me you have to do it this way and that did change slightly some of the things changed when yeshua rose from the dead because there was now a permanent covering for sin, whereas beforehand there was only temporary. And so that was one of the purposes of the Torah. And that is one that when you, when you, when you only think of the Torah in that sense, though, that it's only the purpose of to cover for sins, mm -hmm. then that's when you can start to think like, okay, we don't have to do it anymore because Yeshua has covered all of that. That's true. Well, th that last part is true. Yeshua has taken away the curse of the law or the torah which is death he took away the penalty of death from the torah because as paul talks about everywhere the torah exposes sin yeah. that's one of the things it does is it exposes sin and exposes like it tells us how to live our lives in a proper way and so i mean you know if i were to ask you guys like what is the purpose of the torah what would be your answer Ooh. I was thinking in my head while you're saying that the code book, right? Like in that okay. context, you're saying like the our favorite three letter agency has a tax code. It <laughs> the Torah is like essentially a code. It says, "Hey, this is how things are defined." That's what's the what. Um, oh, it just left my mind. I'm so sorry, but like the law condemns you to death because again, when you see it exposed, when Paul talks about that, yes, it shows. Okay, this is sin, and thus sin equals this. So. How do you rectify that? How do you deal with it? So I would think, yeah, it's like a it's like a code book okay. that is we use to define that. Ryan, go ahead, and I'll uh, I'll bring up the end. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I'll start by saying this. Uh, I once had a friend uh, ask the question, uh, "Define truth. What is truth?" Um. So I would say maybe at a deeper level because we you talked about Daniel. You brought up the fact that. The Torah exposes what sin is. Uh, it it is the light, you might say that would shine in into darkness. 
Um, so I, I would add to that that perhaps it's the lens by which we must see through to view mm -hmm. creation, ourselves included in that creation. Mm -hmm. hmm. I like that. Uh, I'll just, uh, I won't go deeply theological. I'll just put it into very simple terms that any, uh, any that the, the four of us know about is the difference between God and your wife is that he came with instructions. <laughs> <laughs> it's That'll, true. And, yep. and going back to the, you know, to, to play off of that, I'll that's pay for that. It, it <laughs> you, you will you notice <laughs> I'm moving on very quickly. Let me, let me um, back up real quick, Daniel, before you move on and say okay. that I'll let, let me quote a good, a, a mutual friend of ours, Daniel uh, Moshe Kempinski in Jerusalem, is uh, my my favorite definition of Torah is the express will of God unto mankind. Mm -hmm. It's his will. It's, yeah, it's the mean, ways that he does. The, it's his holidays, his anniversaries, it's all, it's all of those things. So in a way, he did give us instruction book of how to have a relationship with him. Go ahead. He did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just going to essentially say what you just said that it's yeah. just the instruction manual for this thing that we have this body this time that we have on this earth because you have to acknowledge at some point in your life that there's there's two there's two main sides to things there's a physical and there's a we would call it spiritual maybe some people who weren't familiar with god yet would just say emotional or mental mm -hmm. that kind of thing and they all kind of uh, emotional and spiritual they really tie together um and so do emotional and physical, obviously, it's like a bridge. But um, there, there's there's multiple components. And you, when Yeshua came, you know, the Matthew and onward really tend to deal with the heart. Mm -hmm. And before that, you know, the Torah really tends to deal with the practical. It's I don't know if people always realize how absolutely pragmatic and practical the Torah is. Yeah. There are some really straightforward things in there about like, you know, if you're chopping wood and your axe head flies off and hits someone and kills them, yeah. like this is what you got to do. This is your responsibilities. Like, you know, they're not all about if someone dies, but it's like real things that you could take that like, okay, if I'm borrowing someone's something and this happens to it, or this happens to someone like this tells me that it's my responsibility to deal with it. And this is how I should deal with it. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just, it's very practical. Actually, to go jump off that, what you said, Daniel, actually, just as you're saying that, you think about our our country here in America, that we've we've lived with those. So we kind of look at it and go, oh, that's just normal. That's just whatever. But you think about it and go, other cultures, and even that time, that would have been revolutionary of, wait, what do you mean? To bring up your point about the axe head, a lot of other cultures and religions would have been like that's what the gods wanted was what they wanted that person dead so thus it just let it be where it was like no 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 it was an accident Islam actually teaches it was a mishap that, by the way. it was a mistake <laughs> was, right that that idea that we have this um we've actually been living it out we've been living a lot of these things we the justice part mm -hmm. that there's a lot of things that here in this country we've actually taken on to and actually kept going with and then you think about that other cultures never had that. So we look and go, okay, that's not, yeah, there's a lot of practical things, but we've actually been living in it. We've actually been a, actually used to the idea of, yeah, we actually have justice for ourselves for the most part. We actually have a lot of things that have been working for us. And there's a lot of things mm -hmm. that God says, hey, this actually works. If you do it this way, this actually works. I built and created this whole, the world. I've created all these things. If y'all can just stay within these areas, things just work out really good. Mm -hmm. Go against it, mm -hmm. and you start seeing some issues. Issues start popping up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, I didn't even and, think about that. It's pretty cool. And it's it's important to like kind of start here with the fact that it's practical. Because yeah. again, you know, our, our opening statement, you have to understand the purpose of it so that you can apply it correctly to your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, Dennis Prager, who's uh, a Jewish guy who has, um, you know, there's a lot of different kind of conservative teaching type stuff. Um, he wrote a very short book on the Ten Commandments, and his section on Shabbat was just amazing because he's just going through all these kind of aspects of it. That's his conclusion is if the world would understand Shabbat taking a day off, wow. the world would change instantly. Mm -hmm. Instantly. Yep. It is so 
in like because it's such a fleshly nature to just go 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 and work 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 and never stop and you just kind of leave people behind and all this kind of stuff he knew (laughs) we needed to stop and honestly it's because he wants to spend time with us he kind of loves us you know a lot and so you know he Mm -hmm. he's so smart that he commanded us to stop that we could look at him again Mm. I, I find it funny you bring up that point, Daniel, uh, and I think I had mentioned this on a, one of our early episodes as well. That flies in the face, that concept of Shabbat and actually you know, ceasing on God's day uh, to take time and reflect p- upon him and upon his law and so forth. It flies in the face of the uh, popular you know, grind culture, you know, mm-hmm. seven days a week, 365 days a year. You're on that grind. You're, you're you know, making that money. You know, you're you're the mm-hmm. sole provider for your family. Like it's a total paradigm shift from that teaching. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the other fact that, that you know people are like, well, the Torah is done away with. Uh, then they have heart, you know, heart disease or these other items, and then they go to their heart doctor, and their heart doctor says, well, these are the foods you should eat, and basically hands them a list of foods that are acceptable to the kosher dietary laws. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yeah. how does it how does that work yeah well it, it really comes down to this when when we talk about the and, and i actually came from that system okay i mean i was <laughs> i i've taught that for many years as a uh southern baptist charismatic pentecostal pastor before i became kind of stored you know toward the messianic and uh you know everything else that i've, I've i am now <laughs> um i, I look back that it used to make sense to me to say that the law was done away with because it was never taught to me in a way that was that was common sense. And when right. I saw the common sense of it, you know, because there's there's really a, a lot of hypocrisy in that the law's been done away with because it really comes down to, well, it's done away with, except for the things that I want to to take out, you know, I want to use. Right. Like, you know, Deuteronomy chapter 28, while the blessings, oh, well, the curses aren't for us. Uh, yeah, and well, you know, we got this verse. I like this verse. So it's, it kind of comes down to highlighting your Bible with a black magic marker. A black magic marker. Redacted, yeah, the redacted, yeah, redacted redacting version. all these things, yeah. yep, yeah. yeah, because and it goes to what Daniel was saying. Uh, maybe we can just uh, take the, take a off from here. Is that Paul Shaul, um, uh, the apostle Saul? Um, he's he said that the Torah reveals our sin. So if the Torah is done away with, then. Uh, the revelation of our sin is done away with. The revelation of what sin is is done away with, and so I can pretty much play whatever I video game I want. Uh, I can have whatever kind of relationship I want. I can do anything I want because, well, there is no standard. What happens in a society when there is no standard for what is right and wrong? Chaos. <laughs> I, we're seeing a little bit of that playing out, right? A little, you think? <laughs> I'd say well, we're watching that when the standard starts to fall apart, what takes its place? What's the yeah, I just standard? was watching. Uh, I was watching the news just before we came on. It was, it was kind of funny, actually. They have a videotape in a mall of a guy stealing a wrapped Christmas tree. You know, one that's that's got the netting on it and stuff. A guy stealing a Christmas tree off the top of a car and put it in, putting it into his sixty thousand dollar SUV. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, but but there's no standard. There, um, there's no standard. There's no right and wrong anymore. It's everything is just justified by what I want to do. Yes. Yeah, and you know, I feel like. You know, Dad, you, I think you touched on this a little bit because, you you know, you were saying you taught this for so many years because yeah. it was misrepresented to you. And I think that there are a lot of people who are out there right now that have, you know, we talk a lot about how um, the 
kind of the Christian realm historically, and I don't want to talk about right now yeah. as much. So historically, the people who have come under the title of Christianity have really truly misrepresented Yeshua or Jesus to the Jews. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, people have really met, misrepresented to Christians what the Torah is. And I I was talking to a friend the other day, I guess this was months ago, and I told him, you know, I feel like Christians and Jews both perpetuate the distance between them by calling something that is biblical Jewish or calling something that is biblical Christian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have time to be in a conversation Mm. with someone, I tell them, like, I don't do Jewish things. I do biblical things. And you will probably understand those as Jewish because, you know, they're the ones that do this today. And, you know, because I accept Yeshua, you know, there's uh, people will will say that's a Christian thing, but no, it's a biblical thing. And you will recognize it as Christianity because that's the vast majority of people who do that. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's, that's kind of the thing is realizing that it's all one book and God gave all of it. And at some point you have to realize God put it all in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, and one of the examples I use sometimes, because obviously one of the main things that's brought up is like, do you stone your children? You know, <laughs> and it's like, well, listen, about the Torah it. does a couple things. <laughs> hey, now, <laughs> the Torah does a couple things mainly. It establishes eternal truths, and it's written to a specific people in a specific time, mm-hmm. and. You know, for, on on the one hand, like I said, Yeshua took away the curse of the Torah, which was death, mm-hmm. the the death penalty for those kind of things. Like there is forgiveness in Yeshua, but um, where was I going? Wait for it. Um, the stoning your children. Oh man, it left me like crazy. Uh-oh. What was I talking about? Well, <laughs> as you get it back, let me uh, let me plug in something there. Yeah, go, yeah, go for it something that I've taught and, and the, you know, just consider this, the more biblical you become, the more Jewish you may appear mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Judaism has upheld the scriptures of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So to a person that has been taught that all of that has been done away with, well, you must be Jewish if you're doing Shabbat, if you're observing Shabbat, but the, you know, the thing is, um, I mean, let's look at, at Christmas. Okay. Uh Oh yeah. I actually went there. Uh-oh. I have a commentary Uh-oh. sitting, Daniel's seen this sitting across from me that, uh, it's a Matthew Henry commentary that's actually signed by Charles Spurgeon and Charles Spurgeon said, you can go back and look on the internet and, and see, this as a quote. He said that someone that is observing Christmas is not serving, is not observing something that's biblical. That's Charles Spurgeon. Okay, this is one mm-hmm. of the you know the great church fathers. Uh, a lot of these things have been perverted through the years. Daniel was there. Uh, he's got the message I just released um, online right now. And uh, let me just give you one thing. So regarding the Shabbat, there's one of the church fathers that said. Uh, the reason for Shabbat is because the Jews were lazy. Hmm. Another said <laughs> the reason for the dietary laws was because the Jews had an undeveloped digestive system. The, the, this is what people have based their lives on, is things like this. And so when we when we come to this revelation that he has given us the Torah, the instructions because of his great grace and love for an unholy people that he is holy. We're not. And he's trying to bridge the gap. Mm. And all of a sudden it starts mm-hmm. making sense. Go ahead. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I, I remember, so before I forget, um, one of the examples I use a lot is children, obviously, because I have four of them. Um, and it's so, it happens so naturally where, what you do with them to train them to, uh, you know, instruct them to teach them when they're one year old is vastly different from what you do to teach them when they're three years old, which is vastly different from what you do when they're five years old. You know, there are certain things that only make sense to them when they're one and three. And then eventually you start to like 
reason with them and talk with them and like, you know, say, what were you thinking? What were you feeling in that situation? And that doesn't work when they're one, when they're two. And that was kind of like the people who received the Torah originally, you know, in that, uh, you know, Genesis Exodus area, um, who were instructed in that way is they were coming out of an entirely pagan system Mm -hmm. that just, you know, the the real idols, you know, real actual things that we don't have as many of today. And so, you know, God had to use a different method with them. And so do I think that God changes? No. But do I think that he's kind of altered his approach throughout history to his people? Yeah. I think that that's a fair thing to say. But within the confines of the same writings. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And going back to the Torah establishes eternal truths. Mm-hmm. Those just kind of look a little different in, in different scenarios. Yeah. It, it's funny to me how, speaking of, of this topic of the Torah and, and that line that you said, Daniel, about, uh, or was it you, Mike, um, observing the Torah may make you look more Jewish, mm-hmm. you know, to the outsider. Um, but I, it's funny to me when I have attended throughout the years different denominations or different churches or things and, and seen what they will – they will get rid of the law and then replace it with other, let's say, <laughs> pious deeds, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. well, we don't we don't have instruments in our sanctuary. It mm-hmm. must be vocal singing. Uh, we don't allow dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you can even go <laughs> as far as, as like the – Creative uh, movement. Yeah, there you go. Or, or um, you know, these – you read of these um, very pious, you know, friars or, or church fathers, if you will, who, you know, uh, I slept on a two by four with a, you know, stone for a pillow. Mm-hmm. And the, they'll create all other, you know, manner of pious deeds and practices, yet still not observe those written by God himself for us to observe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think the perfect uh, line for that is in Scripture when he says obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, got that. I, I mean, I was part of a denomination, um, Pentecostal denomination, that our doctrine basically came down to this: you don't smoke, drink, chew, or go out with girls that do. Right. <laughs> got it. Yes. David, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, jumping off that point that Ryan was making, that that's what I've, uh, oh man, there was a, uh, you said, Ryan, that, that idea of, well, you have to do this, you have to do this, or then we've then heard others that will interpret. That's, that, that was one of the lines, because as you're talking, Dale, there was something that was mulling over. There was like that same idea, what you said, like, you look more Jewish, that, that same thing. And it's like, okay, that's our, what we perceive is what, has how they act and how they are and then we go well if we're doing this and then collective people are saying that well why is because we've we've been mistaught like you're saying like they said oh well the jews couldn't mm-hmm. eat that stuff because they had undeveloped digestive systems <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean anyways, i still can't get over that part I just, it's it's hard for me right there oh, yeah. um awesome. but like that that shows what was the intent of why they wrote those it's been really coming down perspective i guess that you can get more refined later but um then i look now what we do now and you see the same thing well if you don't do if you don't do shabbat the exact way i do it yeah you're in sin mm-hmm. and it's like whoa 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 okay the reason why i do it this way is because i'm seeing this this and this and then others will take it and go somewhere else and then it goes whoa okay where do we go from using this as a guidebook to now we're sitting on the judgment seat and saying, well, because how I interpret this, this is what you're to do. Mm-hmm. This is my more pious version of my interpretation of the Torah. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's take this thing from a different aspect. Let's, mm-hmm. let's kind of back up and, and run at this thing again. All three of you guys are in some area of construction, correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so David, Ryan, you guys work on the blueprint on the architectural design. Uh, Daniel works on the actual building and uh, bringing that that vision into a reality. So if uh, if 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 
Ryan, David, you guys are contracted by somebody for the design on something. And you give the, uh, you know, the, the first blueprint you have is the foundation and you give that to Daniel and he puts, does something different. Um, what's the chances of that house actually looking like your architectural drawing in the end or even standing? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'll have a, I'll have a solid foundation, but that's it. And nothing else that has the look for it at all. <laughs> yep. There's a thousand ways to draw a box. <laughs> There's a thousand ways to do it. Yeah. And so that's, if, hold on. Hold go on. Ahead. That, uh, oh, that's actually a really interesting point because, because I am familiar with construction, if I alter it, it's going to stand because I know how to build a structure that is strong but it's not going to look as they intended it to Mm -hmm. and i think that's actually a really interesting kind of thing that you sculpted there because because i feel like that's where oh man okay so now i'm going to jump around just a little bit and (laughs) and give you guys a trick a trick question because it kind of ties in really well do you believe that the torah is a salvation issue the observance of the torah (laughs) <laughs> and if you want to take a hard pass, then go for it. <laughs> That's it for tonight. It's a nice talk. Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay do, trick do I have question. to go yes or no? Yes, you have to go yes some... or no. I have to go. I have to go yes but or no. But don't worry, no. we have time to talk about it. Okay, oh, the answer man. is no. Okay, but the answer is also yes. <laughs> I want to say yes and no. Like, I get. I think I get your. I, can't, I think I get the what you're laying down. Um. I think the ultimate end of the tour is to lead to salvation. Yes. And I think that's probably where Mike's going with that too, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's a matter of, uh, I think of a matter of, Oh man. Uh, wow. That, that, I guess I want to say great. no, but I see your point. I see your point. I see <laughs> where you're going with this. Wow. That's the reason point, that's though. interesting is because, because I think that's kind of where, you would find a a mainstream Christianity is that they have a foundation that is built well on Yeshua. Like it is, Yeshua is the foundation and that thing ain't fallen. It's just going to look a little different than the original intent. And the the reason that it plays into the salvation issue is because, because, you know, the mainstream Christianity, they have Yeshua, they have that, like you know they have professed their faith in him and so their salvation is secured and so whether if they have that then their foundation is strong that foundation will not crumble and and so that's i think that's kind of what i was just tying into is that it's not a salvation issue observing the torah it will like Someone take that off. Because take off of that because I think right, you know right, what I'm trying to say. But I'm but oh, I'm yeah. losing it. <laughs> no, no, I I got you. I got you. And I I think I'm painting what you're priming here. Um, I think where the identity <laughs> crisis comes in with this is when. Okay, so we we established that the Messiah, his sacrifice leads to our our ultimate salvation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if then knowing the messiah or professing to know the messiah you do not then keep the torah do you then know the messiah as well as you think you do Ah. would be the bigger question right because like uh what was it john one he became uh the word was Mm -hmm. created the The word word was made exactly Mm -hmm. right so we look at that we realize it's one and the same thing it's literally messiah torah should be one and the same thing people mess that up Yes, but it should be one of the same thing. That's why I like that question. It sparks a right. deeper discussion of because there's quite a few people that will look at that and go, well, you must do this. And that is the only thing and it's like, hold up, wait a minute. We know we understand and know that there are just like when we are building something, there is code that you have to do things a certain mm-hmm. way. For the longest time, staircases mm-hmm. were designed that made people trip and fall and hurt themselves very badly. We now have a pretty interesting mathematical formula that makes stairs 
code. Mm-hmm. So now we look at the tour. There are certain things that we look and we look at the sacrifice and go, what silly things? Because we we live in a society that doesn't have a sacrificial system or doesn't do anything like that. But what was the intent in which they were done? Because a lot of times, the point to let me let me pave this out for just a second using that same analogy. There's a lot of times we will design something, we will work something out, submit it for a permit, and it will get rejected because they're not understanding what the intent of something is. Mm-hmm. And according to their definition of what the, how they see the law, they will tell us, no, you can't do that. It is then for us to then argue back saying, we know this is what we saw as your intent is safety. Let's take a big topic like safety and safety was your, is your intent here. We're taking care of that by doing this, 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 and that. And they go, okay, if that's what we're doing to solve for this, we're good to go. We'll allow you to then can proceed on. Now I'm taking that and saying the tour, sometimes it'll define, this is how you're to do something. We don't okay. sometimes we don't have the same thing, so we have to do things that would do the same intent. We have to do the that would lead us to that same conclusion, I guess, if if it makes sense in that mm-hmm. in that area. That's why I would kind of like to just I wanted to add in on that. Let me go to Daniel's question uh, with with this that uh, and and you guys have heard me say this um, in the at the beginning of my scripture above the book of Genesis, the intro there. I have uh, one verse, a reference to one verse, Psalm 40, verse 8 or 7, depending on your translation. It says, Behold, I am coming in the scroll of the book it is written of me. And so because of that, I have this statement written uh, before I begin to read the scripture, How you know whatever I'm doing every year with the Torah portions. The Torah points us to the Redeemer while in itself offering no redemption. Mm-hmm. So is it possible for us to to have a foundation of Messiah but come up with a different building? Daniel, you had something there? Absolutely. And you know, there, I can't remember where the uh where the verse is, but it's you know basically God saying, Your sacrifices are gross to me. I want a broken, repentant heart. Mm-hmm. And and that's what that, that's kind of what that is saying is you know, someone who has devoted their entire lives to Yeshua is going to end up obeying most of the truth of the Torah yeah. by default. Yeah, a lot of it. There's yeah. going to be some certain things that they, like the absolute truth, like the the way that you respond to people, because when you're connected to the creator, to the Messiah like that, those things just pour out of you. It's the practical day to day, the week to week, the month to month, the cycles, the you know the 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 feasts and festivals, those kind of things. That's that's kind of what is missing from that equation. But and this goes to what we originally kind of what sparked this conversation last week of are we doing the Torah to be accepted, mm-hmm. or do we understand that we are accepted by Yeshua, and then we understand that that's how we're supposed to live? Like this is the we cannot approach the Torah from a, from a way of thinking that it can offer redemption because it by itself, like you just said, cannot, it cannot give us the redemption that Yeshua can. We are accepted and made whole by Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And then that starts a process, but we have to start there because otherwise you end up getting into performance. I have perform for god for him to love me i have to do all the right things so that he'll he'll accept me into his presence and he's up there like listen just slow down understand how much i love you that i i love you as you are right now let's start there and work from there let me jump because what you're saying at the 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 story of the tax collector and the pharisee right that's literally, that's what we're like, that's what we've been going back and forth with. Someone who was a scholar, studied, was under other people that were very smart, mm-hmm. understood things. But God favored the one with the intent of having a broke, it was just like, I'm a sinner. And realizing to come to realization that no matter what, you're going to default to a sinful nature. That's just how it is. If you stay humble and broken, though, you'll be able to be forgiven and overcome quite a bit of stuff. So like that, 
he gives us that already. He's like the one that's studying and doing all this stuff. They tend to go towards a prideful nature when you're thinking that that if I know this stuff enough, then I will be able to be accepted when in reality it's staying humble, being broken before the father mm-hmm. and saying, I'm a sinful person. Can you please forgive me? So, so let me, let me go back. I, I got everything you guys are saying. L- let me go back to the building picture here. I got a question for you two architects and you, the contractor. You're talking about intent. Okay. Both Daniel, and David, you were talking a lot about intent. When you sit down or when, when you begin the process of the building, what is your goal? Oh, to jump to in. How uh, someone can live in. About to say a home, yep. creating a home for someone. Yes. Uh, right. To re- their to, lifestyle. To realize the, the uh, client's vision. Bingo. It's so that the end product will be the manifestation of what is in their head. Mm-hmm. So they have a dream, they have a vision, and it is up to you to draw out without being able to see what is in their mind. It is up to you to draw what is in their mind, and then it is up to you to build, manifest what is in their mind so that they can live within that. Now, being good architects, and being a good builder, uh, you may, you know, they sit down and talk with you, and uh, you may have good intent when you decide to put the bedroom where they wanted the garage and the kitchen where they wanted the bathroom. Your intent may be good. And being a good architect and builder, you can make the process happen. To where in the end, it's a safe building. Mm -hmm. But when the owner of the building comes and looks at it, they're like, that's not what I intended. Because you changed some things along the way. I did not tell you to change it. I didn't tell you to change what I said was, was clean and unclean to your own opinion. I didn't tell you to to change my my festivals to your opinion. I didn't tell you to change or did not give you permission to change my Shabbat to your opinion. And so the end result may be something that looks good to us, but it wasn't what was in his mind. And the Torah is about us finding out what's in his mind so that the house, house, hello, for those that are on audio, the house, the the body, the building that is us, in the end looks like what he intended it to, not something different. Mm. Let me add one one thing real quick before I assume we'll jump to our Israel segment. Um, because you know, I'll start by saying, I. I... I believe you guys are, are of a similar opinion, if I remember correctly, that, you know, God has placed a veil over the eyes of the Jewish people, a veil to Yeshua until the proper time. I believe in a similar way that God has placed a veil of the Torah over the eyes of Christians until the proper time. And so the one thing that I'll add to to your excellent picture there, Dad, is that you know, the contractor often gets a bad rap, so I'll just go with it, you know. <laughs> Let's say the contractor is the one that changes things. The workers are not to blame. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. So if you hired right. a domination to build your house, it might not turn out the same way? Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So with that, let's uh, let's take off. we got just a few minutes to talk about our uh, Israel segment, and uh, we'll run around the, the table here. Um, there is, there's a lot going on right now. Um, a lot of the atrocities that are, what is happening, 
um, what has happened. And um, I mean, it, it's overwhelming to me. Uh, I cannot call these people human. Mm-hmm. I cannot insult an animal by calling them animals. Uh, this is demonic beings in flesh that uh, are that have that have done what they have done and can continue to do what they're doing. And um, my only statement regarding what is going on in Israel right now is stay involved in the fight. Uh, we heard today from the FBI that the alerts, um, the alerts are, are higher all over the world since since uh, um, was that October seventh? Wow, so far far back. Uh, the high, it, it, it's it's easier to stay connected when you understand it's your own family. You know, I just got a picture of a young girl who's the the daughter of a friend of mine. She's a, a commander. She looks like she's like 15. She's a commander of a, of a, of a, of a, a unit there. And um, she's in battle right now. She's on the front lines. When you're connected in that way, it's more difficult to just push it off as, oh, that's just some news. So, Daniel, you guys go ahead. I... Um... I remember. I know that there's been like a a ceasefire, right? It's ceasefire of whatever, and of course, then there was all. There's always some violation that's happening, and you hear stories of, oh, well, the hostages are being released. This is being released, and they're. It's not all. I know that it's not all. They they can't happen. That can't be the case for yet because there's still the the fogginess of war, the fog of war, right? how we're we're seeing this we don't really know what's true and what's not from especially media and so we really got to take account what's who's actually on the ground and hearing stories like what mike says is that's some of the most important stuff to hear what you actually hear on the ground what's going on there but we know that we like to think that everyone's just like us in a western country but uh these yeah like you said demonic entities they're not they're not people they're they're these people are just awful 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 um releasing and they of course were not taken care of these hostages were not treated with the best yes the abuse that was there were all this is coming out and we knew this was coming we knew that there was going to be some ugliness showing we knew this it's been their standard for a long time that this is how they do this is how they are and we keep praying for what's right to be done that Things get that these people just uh, really be nice if they just go away and be gone and not be a thorn in uh, Israel's side. Be really yeah. great. But how that happens, how that will work, that's, I know God knows how this is all going to happen. But man, it just my heart keeps breaking for every time the, the red alert just on your on your iPhone. If you've never seen that app, oh gosh, get it. Yeah. It really makes a difference understanding what they have mm-hmm. to go through because we live our everyday lives and get irritated when there's a car traveling five miles per hour slower than the speed limit and we get irritated they're, they're dealing with rockets and you, <laughs> rockets blowing up above them essentially yeah. um that's perspective that's something we need to keep yeah. remembering yeah right mm. you you kind of said it mike you know when it's not happening to us it's se- it can seem far distance uh, we're not the ones that have to sit down for Shabbat dinner and stare at the empty chairs at our Shabbat table where our loved ones used to sit um, and wonder whether they're alive or dead or then hear the stories of the atrocities come out and begin to imagine these things happening to those that we love and cherish the most. Um, With it not right in front of us, it's easy to forget let us not do that. Let us continue to pray for those, if nothing else, to pray for those who are still in bondage and captivity, um, that they would return safely and unharmed to their loved ones, um, and that the Father is able to use this conflict for his glory and his purpose. Yeah. Daniel? Amen. 
Um, it says in Zechariah, I think that he who touches Israel touches the apple of God's eye. Mm. And it also says in either Matthew or Revelation, you know, if, if it would be possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Um, and the media is full force deception mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would encourage people like dig in to the Holy Spirit, especially if you are not familiar with Israel, with the atmosphere there, because it just, it, it's not, it's hard to describe to someone what it's actually like and what it's like to be there and to what the what, how deep the conflict actually runs it's it's been a conflict that's been around since genesis you know mm-hmm. and so um dig into the holy spirit so that you will he will warn you when you're hearing something that is not right like you need yeah. that filter mm-hmm. because like i said media full deception mode they are trying to make you believe that israel and hamas are the same they are not. They are not even on the same coin. They're not on the same book. Nothing like that. Totally yeah. different. It's Literally. black and white. It's good yeah. versus evil. Yeah. It, there is no gray area here. And don't think that your involvement doesn't do something. I want to remind those of you that were at Revive this past year that uh, in in one of our sessions, uh, we all had the red alert apps on our phone. It was a time of rockets coming out of Gaza into Israel. And um, from the time we began our set of worship um, all the way to the end, the the rocket, there was no rockets. There was not a single rocket that was fired during that time. Uh, We have seen that now twice at Life Assembly. Uh, Once when Daniel was leading worship and the, uh, the other time was this past Shabbat with uh, with philip and jubilee leading there was rockets uh i refused to turn my phone off uh it, it there was there was tears in the room with the number of rockets that were going off and um philip and jubilee started leading us in worship and there was not a single rocket during that time uh e- even through the end in the evening so don't think that your prayers your worship your you're calling out for the land and people of Israel doesn't mean anything because it does. It really does. I mean, isn't that cool, guys, that we can have an influence in the spiritual realm that would affect the natural realm? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Amen. Amen. Yep, it's cool. Weaponized worship. There you go. I like right. it. I like it. All right. Well, hey, Hanukkah is uh, is upon us, and... Um, and by the way, we were able to, I just need to give this, uh, we have people uh, on on this, that listen to this program that uh, that give, that help us in projects in Israel. And though I'm not able to share pictures uh, for obvious reasons, um, I just received a, a picture a little while ago this afternoon of uh, a, comp- a, a unit of IDF soldiers that in preparation for Hanukkah, we were able to help purchase a small pile of donuts for them. So uh, they're on the front lines, but uh, they went out with a smile on their face <laughs> with awesome. uh, some sugar donut on their on their cheek, probably. So, <laughs> all right. So That's thank you awesome. all That's of awesome. you guys who um, who who put your money where your mouth is. All right. Well, guys, uh, till next week, right? Yep. Feel like yep. doing this again? Sounds good. Yeah, I, I, I reckon yeah, I we've done we'll it. You know, we've done it fifty or some odd times. Might as well do it one or two more. You know. Might as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Might See well. you guys next week. And until then, remember that uh, he has plans for us, for you, for me, for all of us. Plans for good, not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. See you next week. See y'all next week. See you.